we're here um, not to study intellectually and uh, not even to you know, meet each other as community, really. We're here to be free, to use the Dharma for um, waking up, to use the Sangha for waking up, to use Zazen, not to use Zazen, to be Zazen, awake in Zazen, as Zazen. <coughs> so to see that developing in the community and, um, makes me happy. So I'm happy to be back. Happy to see you. Happy to listen to your stories, which is what I'm going to talk about today. So we've been talking about time and um, our definition of time, and you guys wrote about it. And then we uh, talked about your relationship to time. There's one other thing I'm going to say (laughs) before I start. And that is, um, I am encouraging people in the same way that I have done in the past, but now people are beginning to um, um, respond physically with their bodies. Uh, And I'm encouraging people to not just come on Saturday, but to come at least once during the week to sit. Because I want to be with you. I want to see your practice. I want to encourage you to um, sit together as a as a group, and I wanna, um, I am encouraging that. Human beings are um, interesting animals. You know, we have this ability to self-reflect, <laughs> um, and I think. There's a deep um, quality that comes from being this human mind that uh, we, we, we want to and we need to be in silence. I think in the, pa- in the distant past, when we were walking around the land where there was mostly nature, we were reflected, that silence was reflected back to us, our silence, the the silence that we are, was reflected back to us all the time. And nowadays, where we live and how we live, it's not reflected back. What's reflected back to us is our chattering mind, which I'm going to talk about. And so, even more than ever, we need to give ourselves the opportunity and take the opportunity to be quiet. And this space is a, 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 an unusual, I think, in New York space where we practice 
we enjoy, we work at, whatever it is at whatever place we're doing. Stopping, just stopping and what a relief that is. Just stopping and being quiet together. We need it. We need it so deeply. We need it and we yearn for it. If we're quiet enough to notice, we yearn for it. So I'm encouraging you again, please come and use this space and give yourself a chance to uh, let the, the deepest part of ourself come forward so that we can notice it. You know, it's very quiet, this fundamental. It's not clamoring for our attention. You know, it's not yelling, here I am, I'm silence. <laughs> it's not, it's just being quiet. It's just quiet. And in the, in the rush of our lives, it's very easily missed. And even when we notice it, we kind of poo-poo it. No, that couldn't be the fundamental. It must be something bright and exciting and blissful and something. It's not. It's just, it's just big and quiet. Very quiet. So we need to uh, stop and pay attention. Give ourselves time to pay attention. And allow that which is our heart's fulfillment a chance to be recognized. We don't have to uh, We don't have to be caught, tricked by um, the part of ourselves that is reflected in our culture. We don't have to suffer, really, a sense of separation and alienation that is so easy to believe. We don't. And as soon as we begin to have a taste of that freedom, we want very much for everybody else to have that same taste. So, um, that's why this space is it's an offering. So if you're at a place where you need to take from this space, then take, take away. And if you're in a place where you can support this offering for other people, then please support it. It's a, 
a gift. I wanted to talk about stories today because we're talking about time. And um, I want us to um, to see how stories in time keep us from being present, keep us from this quiet place. <laughs> you know, um, human beings are really great storytellers. Some of us are professional storytellers. But we are all storytellers. We tell stories. We, and in fact, we are t talking to ourselves, telling ourselves these stories pretty much most, most of the time. <laughs> we tell stories about who we are. You know, we tell ourselves who we are constantly. I am this, I am that, I think this, I think that. I am good, I am not good, I'm enough, I'm not enough, I'm stressed, I'm, I'm, er I'm better than everybody, I'm not as good as everybody. Constantly telling stories. And we're telling, then we tell ourselves, in case telling ourselves stories about ourselves is not enough, we, we, <laughs> we repeat stories, memories of the past. I used to be this, and I used to be that, and I was this, and I was, and this is what happened to me, and that is what happened to me. And, and then if that's not good enough, if we're still, um, is if there's a, a moment in our mind that is not taken up with something, we tell stories about the future. I am going to be doing this, and I'm going to be doing that, and this is what should happen, and this is what should happen. <coughs> We tell stories of the past, we tell stories of the future, and we believe them, and they happen in the believed thought of time. Most of us, when we plan a trip, I'm going next weekend on a trip, I believe that, we usually believe that. You know, in a week on next Thursday, I will be so-and-so and so-and-so. So. We believe that thought, that we believe there's time, and it's in the future, and at that time, I will be flying to Houston. But actually, it's just a thought. <laughs> if we didn't believe the thoughts, you know, if we thought of it as a novel instead of as a work of, you know, a documentary, <laughs> we'd be a lot happier. <laughs> and the other thing that happens, this is, I mean, no, tell me if this isn't true or not. You know, guess who's the hero of every single story? <laughs> guess who's the central character of every single story we tell? <coughs> who's, the what's the who's the narrative about? Me, right? It's always about me. Unless you're telling a story about somebody else in relationship to you, <laughs> you know? I think they are blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Why didn't they do blah, blah? Because my assumption about relationship is such and so on, and therefore they blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's really, it's really kind of sweet, really. <laughs> it's insidious. 
and sweet. And then the neat thing, I mean, think about it, really, you know. When you tell stories about the past, you're telling a story about a memory. And memories are notoriously inaccurate. So you're telling a story about a story. It's totally an imagination. The whole thing is a complete dream. And then we base our life on this, on this dream of a past and a dream of a future. I mean, really, it's funny when you think about it, if it weren't so tragic. <laughs> I was walking down the street with a good friend of mine about a month ago, a month and a half ago. And um, she tells stories a lot. And so we were walking down the street, and I was there walking down the street, and she was in her stories. And I was smelling this and hearing that, and you know, and she wasn't even there. She was completely in her stories. And the sad part about it is it didn't feel very intimate to me. You know, and so it's not as interesting in some way, although I really care about this person a lot, but it's not really interesting to spend time because they're not there. You know? They're in the past. And um, and it's very common. Matter of fact, in matter of fact, we bond that way. You know, when you sometimes we you really think we're having a really intimate and deep conversation when we're sharing our pain of the past, where it happened. And we do the same thing in the we do the same thing about the future. You know, something will happen, let's say, in the present moment. Let's say it's even a disaster, a real disaster. And instead of just having the difficulty of the present, <laughs> the difficulty of the present, you must be feeling better. I'm glad. Instead of just having the difficulty of the present moment, we fling our mind into the future and think about the awful consequences that are about to happen which makes the pain of the present moment that much more difficult to deal with. Because how can you possibly deal? How can you fix an imagination that hasn't even happened yet? That's going to be a disaster. You've already lost before you've even started to take care of what actually is happening in the present moment. The reason I'm stopping is because I'm thinking that there are, I'm actually suggesting in a minute to do something really radical, and so I want to make a caveat. What I'm, what I'm asking people, what I'm going to ask people to do, which I think you already have a sense of, is I'm going to ask you to basically, you know, drop stories of the past and the future. Just let them go. Don't 
participate. But the reason I'm hesitating is, is because um, sometimes we're not ready to do that. And if we're not, we should know when we're not ready to do that. We should really know when we're not ready to do that. Some stories need attention for a while. And, and some stories, ones that repeat and are kind of obsessive and really grab us, sometimes you need like a, uh, someone to talk, like a therapist, someone to talk over that with to kind of help you um, untie some of those bonds. It's very, very helpful. And it goes with meditating. You know, you meditate to be in the present moment so that you can be present for these stories and see how they work. And sometimes these stories need to be, you need help untying them so that you can sit in a quiet place. So please really let's understand where we're at and we're not making any judgment here. Because ultimately, we're not talking about changing anybody. We're talking about simply waking up. And we can wake up purple, red, green, white, you know, anything we are. We don't have to be a certain way to wake up. We don't have to have certain thoughts to wake up. We just need to be present. And sometimes these stories prevent us from being present, so we do need to address them with care and gentleness and appreciation for the difficulty. We don't want to go too fast. But ultimately, we do want to drop participating in ideas having to do with time. We want to drop memory and future thinking. Chungpa had an interesting way of talking about this. He used to say, I think um, Pema Chodron, I don't know if she has a book about this, but I know she talks about it. He used to talk about hopelessness. Hopelessness. Hopelessness is actually a, um, a value. But the way he was talking about it was, it was really interesting, um, to drop, he was talking about it to drop future so that we don't have this idea of a goal that's going to happen in the future. No. He used to say, the way he used to put it is, it actually is as bad as it is right now. And, and, and maybe this is always the way it's going to be. Always. And then the question is, like Suzuki Roshi says, can we make our, can we make ourselves peaceful in this moment exactly the way it is without having it be any better? Yes, we can. But dropping the future, dropping making ourselves better is really scary. <laughs> Because the self that is created in the past and the future, that recreates itself in the past and the future, 
that wants to continue at all costs, including your misery, who is identified with these stories, when we drop past and future, we lose that identity. We stop making up you know, stories about who we are, and it's scary. Then there's a big space. Then who am I then? If not this like, or that assumption, or this story about myself. And who am I? Who am I then? If we, if we sit for a moment and not think about past or future, why don't you do it? Let's close, our, close your eyes for a minute. And don't think about the past or the future. Just wonder. Just let your mind open. Usually there's a quietness that's there. if that worked for you, but if we're not pasting and featuring, usually in the present moment there's a kind of a, there's a not knowing, an openness of mind, the mind of infinite potential, beginner's mind, right? Suzuki Roshi said, in in an expert's mind, We're the experts, because we say, this is good, this is bad, this is how things should be, this is how things shouldn't be. The experts, in my own story, my world that I create, I'm the expert, the star. In that mind, there's very little flexibility. But in the beginner's mind, the mind of not knowing, we say in Zen, not knowing is nearest, Right? Because in a not knowing mind or a beginner's mind, there's all potential. We don't know who we are and it's okay. Because strangely enough, that is who we are. <laughs> and this not knowing is, is our zazen, this open this openness. this possibility, this spaciousness, this silence, is zazen. That's what we do when we're here. We simply open the mind and then all of the clouds and the storms and the lightning flashes and the mist and airplanes, birds, 
tornadoes, <clears throat> blizzards, monsoons. You know, they all pass through the sky mind. And none of it touches it. None of it, none of it reaches the fundamental, the spaciousness, this, like a sky. Tibetans, <coughs> Tibetans say, like a sky. They don't, words don't reach it. None of these stories touch it. In this vastness, there is no time. There is no time there. And we reach this place, we embody this in Dogen's way, in our way, through what he calls practice realization. Practicing eternity as the present moment activity. It is our practice, this is, this is us. It's very simple. Practicing of eternity as complete attentiveness to the present activity. They would say the realization of our true nature in offering tea. In sweeping the floor, washing the dishes, cutting the carrots, bowing. You know, the, the instructions are easy, but it's very difficult to do. It's very hard to do. So it's good that we do it together, it, because we just remind each other that this is our effort and intention. Sorry. Our intention. So, I, I encourage you again to make room in your life. You're going to have to give up something. Make room in your life to come and join this strange thing that we do. We stop and we sit and we let the depth of who we are as human beings life be there <coughs> and and notice it instead of paying attention to this chattering mind storytelling mind this habitual thinking in the past and the future. Instead of making that what we pay attention to, 
we simply pay attention that we're paying attention, that there's, that we're awake, that we hear, that we see, that there's knowing that isn't even us, or it is us in some way. I mean, you can say it both ways. I don't know of a better way. Maybe there is, you know. I haven't found it. Better way of reminding ourselves what we what we really are. Out of which comes compassion, peace, gratitude, appreciation, kindness. That is what we are. That it comes out of emptiness. So I don't know of a better way to give ourselves a chance to know that. Anyway, I feel like I'm making an advertisement. (laughs) 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 My dad was in advertising when I was growing up. His name was Albert. He was a good man. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.